Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bayman Review podcast, episode six, where we tackle issues ranging from life hacks to politics to government and MUN tips. I'm so excited to finally launch our second official series of our podcast called MUN Talks. And in this episode, we're hosting Nizar Dow and Joelle Sheikh, both part of the Bayman 2021 family. So I'm going to leave the floor to both of them to introduce themselves, and then we'll jump right into our topic. So Joelle, would you like to start us off? Yes, of course. Um, first of all, I'm very honored to be here. I'm a big fan of the Bayman podcast. Um, my name is Joelle Sheikh. I'm um, chairing UNODC this uh, year, and I'm a graduating political science student. And yeah, like I said, I'm very excited. Okay. Mizar? Uh, yeah, I'm Mizar Daw. I'm an economic senior at uh, AUB, the American University of Beirut. And uh, I'll be chairing uh, ECOFIN, or the Second General Assembly. And I'm really looking forward to this podcast and to the conference. Okay. That's very great to hear. Um, and I'm going to be introducing myself as well. I'm Haya, USG of Marketing, Design and Production uh, of this year's MUN conference. And uh, I'll be your host for this week's podcast episode. So let's dive right in. Um, you know, before we talk about your, your experiences specifically to, to Bayman, uh, how about you tell us how you started your MUN journeys? Um, so I started during 11th grade with uh, my school at uh, LAUMUN. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, a great experience. We had no idea what MUN was at that point. All we knew that the, the school was like, yo, can you join it to MUN here? And we signed up for it. And we had no idea what it was. So, you know, we were really, really, really preparing ourselves to that experience and so serious all the time. Mm-hmm. And we, we go to that conference and, and it was great, really. It was really, really great. It was a one-of-a-kind experience. And then... Uh, and then after that, it was really just no information about MUN ever since, you know, for like 11th grade, 12th grade, until we got back into uni. Mm-hmm. And then for me personally, first year of uni, I had no idea what Bayman is, but Joelle applied at that time and, and she got a position there. Mm-hmm. And she was so excited and so happy about it. And then when the, when the conference came, she, she was just ecstatic about it and told me that you have to do it here. You really, really do. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try my luck. And then next year I apply and I actually get the position of being assistant chair then. Okay. And I worked for it. It was amazing, really. And from there, I started my MUN experiences. Okay, that's very cool to hear. How about you, Joel? Would you like to? Um, yeah, I'm flattered. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I also started my um, MUN experience in 11th grade. And as a new delegate, you were so nervous. You were doing all the research. You shouldn't miss a single thing. <laughs> and the conference was really, really exciting. And the fact that I won made me not to not to bloat or anything, but the fact that I won um, made me even more excited to join the world of politics and diplomacy. And so that made me choose my major at AUB. Mm-hmm. And um, joining Bayman, when I heard about it, I was instantly excited and I applied. It was DISEC, Bayman 2018. Mm-hmm. And from there on, the rest is history. That's so cool to hear, actually. And it kind of makes me kind of regret that I didn't join MUN when I was in high school because I could have gotten the experience that you guys got. Um, So now let's actually divert and talk about your MUN experience this year with Bayman. Um, So, Joelle, you've chaired two Bayman conferences before and Nizar, you've chaired one. 
So how do your previous MUN experiences compare to this one in particular, specifically Baymont 2021, considering that, unfortunately, we're a virtual conference this year? Like, what are your general expectations and your recommendations to potential delegates? Yeah, I think the first time I heard that Bayman was going to be online, I was a little bit sad and disappointed. I think we all, all were. were. Yeah. Yeah. But given the team that we have assembled this year from our SGs to our USGs, I think they've worked night and day to make this conference an amazing experience, both for the diocese and the delegates. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm really looking forward for that. And again, um, what we're going through today as the world with COVID and with, with everything going on in the world, I think it's really challenging for us as chairs and as delegates to participate in in conferences and conversations that really challenge you as as a person to solve exactly. these problems. Exactly. So I think that is exactly what I'm looking forward to. I want to know the takes of delegates of what is going on today in the world. Nizar, mm -hmm. would you like uh, to add to that? Yeah, of course. I think that uh, having Bayman be the way it currently is right now is definitely a new experience. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very different than what it was, and it's probably going to set uh, uh, set the stones for future Baymans. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, one of the strongest suits of Bayman is the the physical interaction and the dynamic the the dynamics that exist. We know when you're in person to person, face to face. And when that is taken away, you know, when you have to do it online, I mean, it creates a huge challenge for everyone from the bias to the the, uh, the delegates. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually is, in a way, an advantage for delegates because then they have to, you know, it will really separate the really, really good delegates from those, who, you know, who can just put on a good show. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's actually beneficial for them. Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting, actually. And it brings me to my next question. Because obviously, you are both chairing your own respective committees. And with all the challenges that are being presented and that aren't necessarily in your favor, um, have you adopted a certain method or strategy that allows you and your committee to face these challenges head on? I mean, uh, I think, yeah, we have. Because, you know, when, when this first started, when we were first given our teams, you know, every diocese had their team. Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, at least, I think that I had to set the, the, you know, set the tone right off the bat because, you know, you have to tell them that this is going to be online. We're not going to be face to face at any point. I haven't met my die a single time yet. Mm -hmm. And and you tell them that it might be a bit more difficult, but we have to have a certain, you know, like routine, a certain schedule that we can't miss out on. And I think that as a matter of fact, it actually kind of boosted your productivity mm -hmm. because, you know, like you feel like there's a little less leeway, but in reality, there isn't a little less leeway when things are online. True. So True. That, that kind of, you know, incentivizes people to work and get their deadlines on time and, and be the best that they can be in this context. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joelle, would you like to add to that or move on to the yeah. next question? Yeah. Adding to that, I think the one thing that I did that I felt that helped me and my my assistant chairs is becoming friends. Mm -hmm. um, we we used to or we still Zoom call every now and then, not even to talk about the conference, just to talk about what's going on in our lives, 
where are we applying for masters and for jobs and <laughs> how much we're freaking out, uh, freaking out about deadlines and everything. So I think becoming friends really, really helped us cope with with the reality of everything being online. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think it really, really helped. Okay, okay. This actually brings me to my next question um, about your respective committees and with everything that's going on in today's world, you know, it's and what this goes back to, Joel, what you said about, you know, engaging in intellectual conversation. What how do you, are your respective committees relevant to everything that's going on today and today's pressing global challenges? Yeah, I think choosing the topics for my committee specifically was very challenging because we wanted to incorporate these topics with everything going on today, especially COVID. So Mm -hmm. one of our topics is drug use in uh, the time of COVID. So how has COVID impacted drug use? And this is something that's very new to delegates and to us as dioceses. Mm-hmm. Another another topic is uh, prison reform during COVID. So I think whatever topic you choose today, you can incorporate it with COVID. And how has this impacted this specific issue? Because COVID just made everything um, different. It's made everything harder. And so it's yeah. going to be even harder for us as dioceses, as, as delegates, to find a solution to an ongoing problem. So mm-hmm. this is a problem that still the smartest of scientists haven't found a solution for. And this is, true. this is the challenging part of it. So the fact that you're translating, you know, not just, I think also like relating it back to COVID is so pivotal, but also just translating everything that's going on in today's world to make, to make the conference make more hands-on, more realistic, uh, more relatable, is something that is so important in the MUN world because you, the whole point of MUN is it's a simulation and you want to be able to simulate the real world in, uh, in a room full of 10 or 15 people. Nizar, would you like to add to that? Yeah, definitely. I'm, so the, the way I see it, economics and finance will always have an effect on everyone's life Right. Mm-hmm. And whether they acknowledge that, whether they delve into it or not. I mean, people in Lebanon right now, they know that best. Yeah. And um, honestly, being at Ecofin and discussing things that are extremely re- relevant to today's world, such as, you know, like informal markets, we know that best. Uh, a An international world order, an economic world order that... Uh, that has, that has gotten us to this point, you know, where everything is so volatile and all the all the, the global economies are, are, you know, having a really, really, really hard time coping with COVID, despite the fact that we are the most technologically and scientifically advanced civilization exactly. at, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it says a lot and it says that, you, you know, there has to be some debate, there has to be some reform, you know, in the economic, uh, in the economic spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, that, uh, so, th- so I think that having such discussions at will be important and people discussing these things they don't necessarily need to be you know really really into economics or really into finance you know they can just do their research and you know they can use that information for the rest of their lives and not just to have a debate mm-hmm. at, Bayman, at exactly. a Bayman conference exactly um and i think that this in itself is, is an advice to delegates so is there anything you'd like to you know formulate in terms of like so, you know, piece of advice that you would have liked to receive 
um, in your first MUN conference, in your first MUN experience, you know, you both uh, said it and you admitted it that you went into MUN not knowing what it was and you learned along the way. So what is one piece of advice that you would have liked to have at, from the beginning and you still apply it um, today? I think one advice that I would give to delegates that I wish I was given enough is to listen. And not just to listen, mm. just to listen very carefully. Because mm-hmm. when, you, when you're a delegate and you're nervous and you're just so caught up with the research and what you want to say, you tend to forget that what the other person is saying is also equally as important. Because mm-hmm. sometimes one word another delegate might say can be your entire argument or your entire speech or your entire defense. So yeah. I think yeah. um, I really hope the delegates um, listen and take notes when the other countries, a representative of countries are talking, because this is really going to help them build their own stance on, on a certain issue. That's so interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah. I think a really solid piece of advice I could give to delegates is just because you're talking doesn't mean you're winning. Wow. Okay, so it's, if you're talking, if you're talking a <laughs> lot, and, you know, you're always too. participating. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I learned that at my first MUN experience at mm-hmm. LAU. You know, mm-hmm. if you're talking a lot doesn't mean that you're doing, you're doing exceptionally well. You know, mm-hmm. I know, a, I know a person one in New York MUN having given, having, having given two speeches only. You know, and they were short speeches, and he won the best delegate at New York MUN or was it Harvard MUN? I forget. Nice, nice. So I think that you know, just know when to stop talking. Know when to listen, like Joel said, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, be as concise and as as accurate and straight to the point as possible. At least that's for me personally. Mm-hmm. So, do you think what makes a good like? I'm sure that you both can add to this, but what I've gotten so far is what makes a good delegate is the following: the fact that they listen and the fact that um, you know they know when enough is enough in terms of how much they've spoken or how much yeah. they want to add to the conversation. So what else Absolutely. makes a good delegate? What, dis- what is one thing, or at least a couple of things, that you think distinguishes a delegate like a, like a fair or, I'm not going to say bad delegate, but like I, I want to use that word, bad yeah. delegate, as opposed to a great one. Not just a good one, okay, a so, great one. All right, so I think that there's a basket of characteristics that we have to look into. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I see very frequently. I see delegates or, or people in general who who are so charismatic and they know how to talk and they know how to get your attention, you know, but sometimes, you know, their content of their conversation is not particularly fruitful or it's a bit repetitive or redundant. Yeah. So here's what, here's the difference between a good delegate and a great delegate. A good delegate is both charismatic. You know, they know how to speak. They know when to speak. They know how to listen, but at the same time, they have interesting content. They have well-researched thoughts. You know, they have no fallacies in their reasoning. Mm -hmm. And then what separates them from a great delegate is how they work under pressure and under impromptu situations. So if you're a good delegate, you know, and then a crisis hits you and then you know exactly how to react, you're, you know, you're, you can read the room and you can very well understand what's happening and then give proper reasoning and develop stances right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's very cool to hear actually. And, um, I want to know if Joel wants to add anything to this, actually. Yeah, I think adding to that, um, 
if he has all of these or he or she have all of these characteristics, what makes them for me a great delegate is being a team player. So Mm -hmm. you have to um, do the research, you have to work well under pressure, but you also have to give a chance to other people for your team in order to be, you know, number one. So you got to carry the team, carry your resolution, carry your research with you and be a team. Um, and I think that's what um, I realized during my previous MUN experiences and what I look forward to in this incoming MUN experience is seeing which delegate is able to be part of a team and shine on, on his or her own. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, it's inevitable that you're going to be dealing with delegates who are struggling and this would prompt you as chairs of your committees to deal with that and and um maybe do you usually bring these delegates to the side and face them and ask them what's going on or if they're being um you know i don't usually know how it goes in the room but like what is usually the process to deal with with such struggling delegates for, is for, for someone who's for example visibly nervous to make them feel more comfortable I think as chairs, we can tell when a delegate is, like you said, visibly nervous and just very scared to speak up Mm -hmm. or when he's lazy and actually does not want to talk or participate. Yeah. So I remember um, two years ago during MUN, uh, me and the chairs, we realized that one of the delegates was very, very nervous um, and he was clearly struggling. So what we did as Dias, we sent him a note with one of the ushers and we told him that we added your name to the speakers list and you're next up to talk and with a smiley face. So mm-hmm. I think um, as chairs, you just got to give them a little bit of a push mm-hmm. in order to just, you know, you can do this. You got this. And a smiley face just for some motivation <laughs> that we're not some monsters ready to judge you We're we're just here to do this all together and to learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think a little bit of a push from the chairs is what maybe kind of relaxes them as delegates. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Uh, see, when I was in my MUN, my LAU MUN experience, I was really, really nervous and I was like uh, f- frightened to be at, uh, <laughs> at MUN at that point, really. And um, there was this one assistant chair, right? And she was always, always, you know, just giving subtle looks, just, tiny, tiny bits of facial expressions. And I think that really, really, really helped me out so much because, you know, whenever I was doing something right, she'd be looking at me with that very subtle smile on her face. Whenever I was doing <laughs> anything wrong, she'd be giving me that that small head shake that, nope, that's not the way to go. <laughs> and I think I learned a lot from that, you know, because obviously being in an online conference is going to be, is going to make it a bit harder to do things like that. I think we have to be yeah. a bit more, you know, straightforward. We can't just mm-hmm. be as subtle as that was. But I think that, you know, you could be just nice uh, to the delegates. You could be just, you know, helpful to them because at the end of the day, like Joel said, we're not there to, we're not, not monsters there to, to eat them. We're there to help them, if anything, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's really important to, to be helpful to the delegates and, exactly. and just guide them to the right way and tell them you're doing right, you're doing great when they are and you're doing bad when they're not. Exactly. And it's just, it's not just about at least 
in this and under these special circumstances it's not it's not just about motivating these delegates um because they're nervous or because you know they don't know what to say it's also with everything that's going on like it's it's okay to be anxious every now and then and this is something that we talked about in a previous podcast episode where we kept repeating the same phrase it's okay not to be okay and you know sometimes you might freeze up in an MUN conference you might freeze up when you're giving a speech and it's normal and it's something that you just have to push through and as chairs and in your leadership positions you understand that and that's so important because it's your it's your job to also motivate these delegates who freeze up and they don't know what to say yeah if Um, i may add something uh i think that honestly if if a delegate freezes up or they're anxious or they're nervous or you Mm -hmm. know it's visible in a speech or conversation that they're having that really wouldn't shift my you know my understanding of them or or my rating of that delegate you know when it comes down Mm -hmm. to choosing the best delegate it really really wouldn't Mm-hmm. yeah because like i always say the same thing world re- leaders sometimes mess up when making a speech. Exactly. so i think we can yeah i think we can make a pass for delegates or, or anyone i actually have a question for you both um given the fact that you both entered mun with little knowledge about what it was and what it entailed obviously i would assume that you you know that you weren't the most confident speakers in those in, in the conference, right? Like you would slip up, you would make mistakes too, and that's just part of being human. That's just part of being. That's just part of being a new delegate as well. So, how did you, over time, gain that confidence to like stand up in the room and and take charge of what you're saying and claim every statement that you're making and every argument that you're making? Because like, especially when it comes to giving speeches and um you know just just speaking in front of people in general it's just it gets overwhelming and it's it's an it's the art of speaking as well so how did you develop like this art in, within yourselves obviously now i'm not i'm not saying that you're perfect speakers you're just you're really great at what you do so like what's a piece of advice that you give to delegates who are new and those who are still struggling with public speaking look i know i keep reverting back to my MUN experience at LAU. No, that's I swear, this is the last time. Yeah, this is the course, last no. time. <laughs> no, so, it's okay. so here's here's here are my two cents. When we first went to LAU, I mean, everyone at the conference, and that includes the chairs, were nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was nervous, visibly so. Like there wasn't there wasn't a whisper in the room before the chair before the conference even started. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when the speakers list started coming, and you know, your your name just kept getting closer and closer and closer. It was peak peak anxiety at that point right oh, but wow. then as soon as you get up as soon as you get up and you start talking and it's the first two seconds that are really really hard and you might choke up but then as soon as you start talking it just flows out like water and that's so interesting that you said that Nizar actually that it flows like water and um do you have anything else you want to say or do I jump to Joel yeah I just think that uh like I can't just say that only for myself but uh from what from what I've experienced Almost everyone just freezes up in their first couple of seconds. And then as soon as they get the ball rolling, you know, it's just so much easier from there. Mm-hmm. Joanne? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think what that, helped me overcome that is realizing that, um, is realizing that everyone in the room is just as nervous as me, like Nizar said. Um, and everyone makes mistakes, it's fine. Just remind yourself that it's okay 
to make a couple of mistakes here and there. It's okay if someone's giving me dirty looks. It's okay if the chair seems distracted. That doesn't mean that I'm not mm-hmm. doing a good job. That just means that just like me, everyone else is just in their zone doing their thing. So I think what that's the most thing that helped me relax before I went on to take a speech and to remind myself that what I'm saying is important. What I'm saying adds value to the conversation. And what I'm saying is going to um, help me get my point across. Um, and that's the one thing that I would advise delegates to remind themselves constantly before going okay. up to speech. That's very cool, actually. And I have a question about the conference itself and like the certain parts of the conference. So as chairs, like what's the best part of the conference for you? And my sub question would be, what do you think is the most enjoyable part for the delegates? I think I can confidently answer both questions with one answer and say okay. crises. Um, I think, yeah, I think crises mm-hmm. is the most fun because it's so out of our comfort zones. Um, we get to, you know, challenge the delegates even more. We get to tell them, you know, here's a big problem. You got to solve it within one minute, mm-hmm. no, nothing less. Um, and I think for the delegates, obviously, some delegates don't like being put on the spot, but that's also a challenge for them to think quick, mm-hmm. to act quick. Um, and usually this is a secret that only I think Bayman members know or MUN members. Usually what we do is during crises, we pick countries that we think um, are, are at the top to challenge them even more. So if we think that let's say South Korea and Singapore are doing very, very well. So we pin them against each other in crises to see oh, how okay. they react. So, yeah, that's kind of evil. <laughs> but it's it's our way of seeing how delegates are mm-hmm. going to act under pressure. And it's personally my favorite. Everyone's having fun. Everyone is just excited in the mm-hmm. agenda. Yeah, if, if you get uh, if you get a crisis, crisis right onto you, then, you know, you're doing something right. But now to, to, to answer to answer yeah. your question. Yeah, I do think crises are the most entertaining and fun part for both the chairs and the uh, and the delegates. Mm-hmm. Now, for me personally, I think that, you know, moderated caucus and, and you know, whenever a speaker's list, whenever a delegate is giving a speech, I think that that is really, really fun for me as a chair. I can't say the same for the delegates. Some might get nervous or anything. But, uh, yeah, I think it's it's really fun. It's uh, it's really thought-provoking. Whenever you're hearing someone saying, you have to always be focused with them. And I think that's really, you know, the, the it's the juice of what you're doing as a chair. You know, mm-hmm. you're always listening. You're always see uh, looking out for certain details and i think that's really entertaining now for delegates i think unmoderated caucus is really really fun because that's exactly when when everything just comes together you know everyone is talking and everyone is everyone is trying to get uh, you know the light uh, light on them and it's a very challenging part probably second most challenging to to crises mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's definitely a great experience for okay. for the, the for the delegates yeah okay and um, part of these, um, you know, I, I would say like, then again, I have to use the word parts, but like, okay, parts, part of these, con- th- those specific parts of the conference um, help you create memorable moments. And how do you hope to achieve memorable moments for you this year? Because before we started our conversation, Joad and I were discussing like previous Bayman years and she was talking to me about how Bayman 2018 was one of the most memorable Bayman, like MUN conferences she's been a part of. 
And, um, you know, how do you want to achieve that this year as well and have people reference Bayman 2021 in the future? Okay, so I would say crises, you know, but that's a bit uh, typical. Everyone was going to say crises. Everyone is going to say crises. So I'm yeah. just going to go with unmoderated caucus. And that's when all of the things happen, you know, all mm-hmm. the funny things happen, all the, you know, breaking the fourth wall and breaking the ice happens during unmods. And I think that can create very memorable moments. You know, I, in my experience, I've had people stand up on chairs and start yelling things, you know, just like oh, <laughs> British wow. Parliament, so, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so if you like, if you get that on camera, it would be definitely very funny for mm-hmm. everyone. And I think it, it's really a chance to, to create very memorable moments mm-hmm. for, for everyone in there. You know, like they go back to their homes and they say, guess what happened today? Some dude just started yelling from, <laughs> started, stood on the chair and started yelling to all his friends. And I think it's easy for you guys to achieve this year online too. Like all your cameras will be on anyway. So someone can just stand on their chair and yell if they want. To. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. can't wait for yeah, it. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, uh, Joanne, would you like to add to that or do I move on? Yeah, I think um, we tend to forget that the conference also involves Mm -hmm. breaks. And personally, during breaks, I made the best of friends. Um, So because it's always so weird to look at, oh, you're Venezuela. Oh, hi. First of all, we we always call each other by the country's (laughs) name until we actually learn each other's names. So... Yeah, so we get to know each other outside of, of, of conference and that makes it even more fun because, oh, you're a human being. You're not just a machine that's talking mm-hmm. about, you know, facts. So I think, um, you know, g- getting into conversation, forming alliances, um, becoming friends, sending each other notes, you know, stuff like that, I think really strengthens the bond. And I remember during my Baymon 2018 experience, um, I was chairing, and after the conference, I saw two of my delegates having breakfast mm-hmm. at Urbanista. And I was so happy because we were able to create that atmosphere where delegates can be friends, they can, you know, maybe <laughs> date. I don't know. You never know what happens. The stories I've so, heard. So, um, yeah, the I think it's important for Yeah, it, it's, okay. it's definitely very cool. And this fun. was actually part of my next question. Like, what is, again, this goes back to the idea that we're here to give advice. Um, so what is one piece of advice you would give to your delegates about building sustainable friendships, not only at Bayman, but like at ge- like MUN conferences in general? I mean, as cliche as it might, this might sound, but I think being yourself around the right people mm-hmm. is going to get you there. Um, personally, I used to be very insecure about like, because I'm so loud and energetic all the time. But when I found my own people, and that includes Bayman, and includes, um, I formed the best of friends with Bayman. Um, when you find the right people, you feel comfortable <clears throat> being yourself. You feel, you feel good being around these people, mm-hmm. and you feel good about yourself. So I think when you really choose to just be authentic, be yourself, and the right people will love you, and they will like you, and you will form friendships that will last a very long time. And I'm the living <laughs> proof of that. Um, no. so- yeah, now I can't tell you what to be, but I can tell you what not to be, all right? And <laughs> and who not to be is the person who always wants to take the floor, you know, and not let anyone talk, yeah. all right? That's all Hogging it needs. Hogging the stage. Hogging the stage is the worst yeah. characteristic you have, not only in terms of being a delegate, but also in terms of, you know, being a person that You're wants to make friendships there. You're good at giving life advice there. too, Nizar. You should take that into I... consideration. No, don't worry. That's that, those are those are my only two good pieces of advice. You've heard okay. you've heard all of them from now. That's that's the cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so just as long as you know, you're just a person at a conference at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, and you will naturally gravitate towards people who are similar to you who share your interests because it's not going to be just conference all the time, professional terms and and all this time. It's just like this constant flow of debate and all. No, no, it's not like that. It's really exactly. not. So you just don't you you don't gotta be a a, a stage hogger if i may say <laughs> or a floor hogger and mm-hmm. that's all you need really yeah okay and i actually have a person like more of a personal question to you both but do you plan on continuing mun after you both graduate considering that you're both graduating this spring i mean i would i would really love to but i don't have the foresight to tell you if i can or not mm-hmm. but if i want to definitely i definitely do because you know i haven't gotten the opportunity to chair a conference in person yet and there's so so many things aside from chairing that Bayman is yet to deliver and and I haven't experienced yet mm-hmm. so from a personal level yes I definitely would love to mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'll be able to okay Joanne uh yeah I think um I've done Bayman for mm-hmm. three four years now and I think when you do something constantly you forget the the amazing feeling it is yeah. to come back to it. So I think after this year, I might be taking a little bit of a break from Bayman, but the world of MUN is never going to leave me because I'm in political science and diplomacy and international relations. So these types of conferences will always be a part mm-hmm. of my career and my life. So as much as I love Bayman and MUN and engaging in conferences, I think for now I'm going to step aside from the formal, you know, caucuses and, uh, and research topics. But just to come back again later and remember how good it feels to, to chair or to be part of something as big and as That's so amazing, amazing to hear. And I know that Sara and Annabelle are going to love hearing that specific sentence coming from you. Um, So before (laughs) we wrap up, I actually have one final question to you both. Um, What is one unwritten rule at Bayman that you'd like our current and potential delegates to know? Joelle? Um, I don't know if I can say this (laughs) on here, but I think one unwritten rule for me is don't BS me. Like, don't um, talk. Don't talk just to fill in the air. Um, Because we often as chairs, we we sit and talk to each other. And we're like, okay, I got this delegate. He was talking very well and everything. But I don't remember what he said. (laughs) I literally cannot remember a single thing that he said. So I think Liza said this, I mm-hmm. think, in the, in the beginning. Exactly. It's not about just talking. Exactly. It's about the content. It's about what you say. You can say two words and have the entire conference room thinking wow. about their next steps. So as much as, you, as much as I know talking is important, being charismatic is important, but please make sure you know what you're talking about. Maybe one of the delegates is going to ask you, what do you mean by that point? You have to know. You have to know how to mm-hmm. explain. You can't just talk. So I think this is something that um, I hope all the delegates take okay. to heart. Zoid, would you like uh, to add that? <laughs> That's a very, very interesting it's rule. It's a very interesting rule. <laughs> um, now, I, I don't really know exactly, mm-hmm. but I think I'm going to go with saying that, you know, don't be that, 
I don't know how to put it in, a, in an appropriate way. Guy. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. that guy yeah. who's who's shouting and who's throwing accusations and who's always, you know, like in a in a Tom Cruise movie, you mm. know, in the Pentagon and trying to shout out orders. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you could do it. It's not a it's not a rule. There's no rule against it. You could do it. And, you know, maybe you could be good at doing it. But honestly, <laughs> no one likes that guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's not gonna score you any extra points. <laughs> no one, absolutely, or that girl. You know, I've seen girls like that. <laughs> we, it's not gonna score you yeah. any points. You know, just be just be genuine, be professional at times, and you know, you can always be funny at points. Even in formal session, we have no rule against that either. Mm-hmm. So just don't be just don't be that guy. Okay, okay, very interesting. I think Sara and Anabel. Yeah. I don't know if they're gonna like to hear this specifically, but um, I don't know about that. I'm honest. just giving you my genuine yeah, advice. We genuine agree. Advice. This is an honest space, and we're not trying to lead anyone on. We're just telling it no. like it is. Um, and I want to thank you both for being on here yeah. with us, Nizad. Thank you're you so much. A, like our yeah. first male guest on this podcast. So this is like oh, it's an yeah, honor. <laughs> this is an honor for you. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy that we finally have this discussion. We're gonna have many more moving forward uh, as part of our MUN talk series. So this is like our first, um, you know, kind of insight into how it's gonna be like, and hopefully we're gonna have more honest conversations as well. So definitely, um, I'd like yeah. to tell our audience to listen in next week. Um, and yeah. Thank you both for joining. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Have a great day, both of you. Bye-bye. Bye.